When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I put too much salt on my margarita. Now I am thirsty. Why would you ever do salt instead of sugar? I'm trying to watch my carb intake. Sugar's not not a carb. It's a sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is a carb. No. Yes. No. I want you to go find something with a nutrition's fact on it. I'm gonna I go want you look to go, this up. I want you to go spot the block, okay? Okay, uh, what if I just Googled, is sugar a carb? <laughs> and it'll say, no, it's a sugar, you dingus. The total carbs of a sugar is 2.3 grams. The total what of a sugar? The total carbohydrate of a sugar. It's a carb. So it's not a carb, it just has carbs in it. No, it is a a carbohydrate is a macronutrient like proteins and fats. There are different types of fats like monounsaturated or like saturated fats. All right, listen, here's the nutrition. There's different kinds of proteins, like simple proteins. I've I've looked up the nutrition facts of sugar, and I have found that one serving of one cube of sugar is 2.3 grams, which has nine calories, and the total sugar in that cube is 2.3 grams. Apparently, sugar is a type of carbohydrate. Yes. Sugar that's what I've been. Carbs. That's what I've been saying, though. No. Yes. That's not what sugar, you said. Sugar that's is what a I carb. said. You said sugar has carbs in it, which no. doesn't make any sense. I started out this whole conversation at the beginning. I said sugar is a carb, and you said no. Go spot the block. I spotted it, and now I'm blocking you. You said life. I'm pretty sure sugar is a. Rewatch the rewind the tapes. You said sugar is not a. Car. I'm so mad. I'm so upset. <laughs> You're gaslighting me on my own podcast. I, I am gaslighting <laughs> you, and it's so easy. <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. You've completely thrown off the whole tone that I thought the episode was going to be. <laughs> By pausing it and restarting it again. My expectations are completely changed. Listen, that's what you have to do. That's how you confuse your enemy, okay? When you when you want to throw them off their rhythm, you Was just all of this stop and then start again. That's no. exactly what we did in World War II and Desert Storm. We just paused and started over. It's like when you're playing Smash. And yeah. You pause. Or like the very common thing that everybody will know. It's like icing the kicker when you go out and he's about to kick a field goal. You call a timeout and make him come back. You know, for a minute. That's really funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought more people would know about icing the kicker than pausing in Super Smash Brothers. Mm. Okay. Well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure people. I'm pretty sure people know one of the best-selling video games of all time more than the nuances of football. <laughs> I think. Well, okay. <laughs> Let's. Uh, I I don't paint me into a corner of trying to defend the game of football on this. Listen, podcast. all the football lovers, all the guys who would understood that reference, left this podcast long ago. <laughs> No, they're still here. They're still here. Hey, Jerry, stand up. Wave. <laughs> Jerry's still here. Speaking of Jerry, did you watch Jerry Seinfeld's new comedy special? 
I read some think pieces about it, but I have not had the pleasure or displeasure rather of watching it. I went from watching like Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock's uh, tambourine special and uh, this other guy, I don't remember his name, but he was like, he was influenced by Dave Chappelle. And so there's like all these really great comedians, Mike Rabiglia. They, they all have these moments in their shows where they're like very somber. Mm. Like Chris Rock has a whole bit about finding God through his divorce in his standup. That's pretty cool. And it's hilarious. And it's so funny. And then Jerry Seinfeld's entire special consists of, what's the deal with texting? We didn't used to have this. I'm from the 90s. B. <laughs> that was pretty Think good. B. Thank you. Um, and it prompted me and Teresa to go back and forth on several Jerry Seinfeld jokes. My favorite was um, saying you don't like Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, sorry, saying Jerry Seinfeld isn't funny is like me saying I have a lower back tattoo of a unicorn. It's true, but you can't talk about it in public. Why? But I feel like a <laughs> lot of people talk about how they don't think Jerry Seinfeld is funny in public. Yeah, it's not a very popular opinion. It's also, it's, no, sorry, it's not a, it, it's, it's, I think it's unpopular. It's a medium take. Like, it's neither hot it's a medium take, nor yeah. cold. It's an extremely lukewarm take of like, I don't think the billionaire comedian is funny and that makes me yeah. woke. It's like, no, yeah. it just means that you don't think he's funny, which is allowed. It's, it's like a- not liking the Beatles. It's completely understandable, <laughs> but some people will get very mad at you for it. There's a, there's a reason that it was the most popular sitcom of all time is because a lot of people thought it was funny, but when you're the most popular sitcom of all time, or when you're the most popular, anything of all time, you're going to attract people that don't like you. Which is, mm. which happens because not you're no one is ubiquitously loved. Even 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 the FBI hated Martin Luther King. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I think Seinfeld has like kind of drawn fire and is like responsible for his own his own uh, hate because he's a very he comes off as extremely elitist. Oh yeah, in he's a, he's and, kind of. There's a word that I can't probably won't say on this podcast, but <laughs> he's kind of a jerk sometimes. Yeah, and he's very me. He was he, he, Teresa told me about this the the comedy roundtable thing that he did with Louis C.K. LOL, Chris Rock and um, Ricky Gervais. And, I remember that. I've watched that. Yeah, and Louis was talking about. I do remember this. Louis was talking about how at the end of his his year he resets his comedy act and he takes the last joke which is always the best then he moves it to the front and then he does only builds on top of that he just makes everything better and better yeah and seinfeld goes yeah i throw out my act basically once every five years which is like that's he's just not keeping up and like i think the tone of comedy is just different now people don't want observational comedy because we all did observational comedy when we were making rage comics in middle school right we observed everything already there's yes. <laughs> there's nothing that we haven't seen. Nothing is left to be observed. That's I he mean that's it. actually interesting. Like you think about technology's influence on comedy, like because we've seen so much stuff through the Soch and through the tube. Uh I probably yeah. I've probably seen more in my life than Jerry Seinfeld saw in ten years living in New York or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did he actually live in New York on was he living in Los Angeles filming a show that was in New York? 
That sounds like a likely thing, but no, he, I think it was, I think it was from NBC, so I think they were in New York. Okay, well, anyway. television used to be filmed in New York too. That's true. You forget about <laughs> it. Was that. all on sound stages. But yeah, what were you building. saying? Sorry, I kind of interrupted you. Oh, um, talking about observational comedy. Comedy's moving on. Oh yeah, yeah. So one of one of the jokes that he made in his special was about um, the 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 text balloon that pops up when someone's typing. And he was like, you ever notice how someone starts typing and then they stop? What were they going to say? And I'm like, that's, a, that's that's not a unique experience. Like, that's not funny. Yeah. That's just everyone's experienced that. Like that. I've, and then all the all the all the other six year olds in the audience are like, ha, 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 ha. and it's like your grandson who helped you set up the iPhone made that joke to his friends earlier today. It's like yes. it's not very it's not very creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> And like I, I don't I, I always try I try not to be the guy that hates the popular thing. Sure. Because that's that's popular lame. in of itself. Right? Yeah. It's just it's not yeah, like I, I honestly don't think I honestly think the Beatles are overhyped. But that's not something that I that I'm not gonna trash them. I don't ever think about you know? the Beatles is the thing. Like Whenever be- whenever they come up in conversation, I'm like, you know, that is not really a good song. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things in life that come up and people are like I just don't, I just don't have an opinion, you know, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to develop fewer opinions on things so that when I do, so when I do have opinions on things, they actually matter and mean something. Uh, cause I just, based on, uh, recent events, I've been doing a lot of praying and thinking, I think, I think I am going to delete the Twitter. I'm going to get rid of it. Nice. And I'm not, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to make like an account and be like, oh, if you still want to be friends with me, follow this guy. I think I'm just going to go away. I think mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave. I and think this is a great lead into our topic. I kind of oh, actually want to really? make this our topic today. Yeah. Okay. Well, t- stick in it or stick a pin in mm-hmm. it because we got to do Hot Take Time Machine first. But yeah, yeah, what yeah. I'm saying, what the, the problem that I see a lot of the times is the people who like take, take everybody, take all like 60 some people that were ticked off at me last week. Right. I didn't I didn't read any of them. But, for example, take those people. A lot of them were upset because they felt like I was telling them something that uh, that they then had to follow. But it's like just because you read it or see it on your screen doesn't mean that you have to listen to it like at all. It's like I don't understand why it's like, oh, man, you're leading people astray. It's like I'm not leading anybody astray. All the people that are reading this choose to follow me. (laughs) And like. And they can unfollow me. And the thing is, like, if you don't like Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up, you don't have to watch it and or, yeah. or think about it at all. I would much prefer it if people just didn't have an opinion on me or or on this podcast um, because, yeah, that's – I think that's the thing with comedy too. And I don't watch any stand-up. I don't probably watch nearly as much stand-up as you would watch. I watch old <laughs> – the, the same 20 Norm MacDonald qu- clips from 1990 <laughs> over and over and over again to refine my sense of, of humor, and that's about it. So I don't know if I have too, too many legs to stand on here, but do you, you kind of know what I'm saying? you kind of get what I'm getting at here? Yeah, and like I think that's the other thing is I, I don't – like the Beatles example is a good example. I don't talk about my uh, opinion on the Beatles because I'm not a music guy. You know, like I'm kind of a music guy, but like not right. to the extent that some people are. And so like, I'm not going to spend time talking about why I don't like the Beatles, but I do love comedy and I have thought seriously about whether or not Jerry Seinfeld is worth anyone's time. Um, and so I think that's a, I think that's a valid opinion to have. Also, I'm trying to turn <laughs> off my, my video and I can't. What'd you say? What? 
No, you got it. You got it. You're good. You're good. You're good. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, so we can, we can talk about, I, I think, I think that Jerry Seinfeld, um, I think that he comes from a time where comedy was supposed to be very vanilla Funny. and very, oh. eh, I don't know. Like it was like, it he, it's very accessible to anyone who's ever experienced the day Tuesday before. Well, but you know? is that is that true? Because you also had well, even before Jerry, you had guys like Rodney Dangerfield and Richard Pryor, and like uh, who's that one guy? George George uh, Carlin, mm-hmm. um, who were just the anything but vanilla. That's you know? true. They were very subvert. I guess. I guess Jerry. Maybe Seinfeld it's just the maybe it's just vanilla. that the '90s were the most vanilla decade of all time. Maybe that's <laughs> what we're what we're coming to understand is that yeah, that's we fair. have gone through. The 60s, right? And like there was this wave of things after the 60s where everything got kind of crazy and then everything was super cynical and aggressive in the 70s. And in the mm. 80s, people started to get sedated by technology. And by the time the 90s rolled around, everything was so homogenized that all it took to be funny was to say, what's the deal with the thing on my arm? It's a scab. How do you get rid of it? Oh, it hurts. And then it bleeds again. I should use a Band-Aid instead of peeling off the scab. And it's like, all right. <laughs> That's a real Jerry Seinfeld bit, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I just That was off the dome. I just made that Sounds up. extremely real. Because um, yeah. uh, so I watched Seinfeld... all of Seinfeld so I can predict what he's going to talk about. <laughs> Knowing knowing what Seinfeld's origin, he he's a he was a clean comic when clean comedy wasn't popular. That's what I do remember from like some of the stories of him coming up was like yeah he people talk about this like this dorky kid walking around with a notebook and drinking water at a bar and they were like this kid is gonna do well because he's not focusing on the alcohol he's not focusing on the dirty jokes he's focusing on what's funny and I think Seinfeld did that but in I think comedy has developed to a point now where like I. Like with the Chris Rock special and the Chappelle special, these are men who have experienced extreme pain due to fame. And oh yeah, S- Dave Chappelle. Has- Dave Chappelle has got run over by the freaking machine. Oh, yeah, and Chris Rock's fame led him to lose his marriage. Right, like the these are instead of instead of like trying to hide your wealth behind observational comedy which is what i think seinfeld tries to is trying to do in his special is like he talks about his wealth openly but he doesn't talk about what it does to him and i think what what chris rock did and he the one of the funniest one of one of my one of my favorite parts of chris rock's bit is like he talks about um divorce being a divorced parent is different when you're a megastar because um he's like He's like, all I, want, all I want my kids to do is go home and tell, go, mommy, mommy, Drake helped me with my homework. Lady Gaga helped me with my science project. And he's like, if you think I'm kidding, go check my Instagram. Like, those are things that I actually did, which is hilarious, right? Because it's like, but he, talk, he talks about his fame openly and the things that, because it's part of his life and he's talking about his life. And I think, I think comedy is supposed to, like, put people at ease. Yeah. And and help them believe things that are hard to believe, which is why funny news is a thing. <laughs> you know, onion. like this is why people this is why people trust John Oliver more than they trust Sean Hannity. It's because one of them is hilarious and the other one has bad looks hair. like Frankenstein if he was thirty. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but does Frankenstein really have an age? Like, was he ever born? He was cobbled together from body parts. That's fair. And technically, <laughs> as we all know, it's Frankenstein's monster, not really Frankenstein. Well, that's our show, everybody. <laughs> Thank sorry. you for listening. You can. <laughs> um, 
Oh man, I think you bring up some good points. Because the thing, the thing about humor in general, right, is that things. This is why I. Ugh, I have a lot of thoughts here. You've unboxed a brain, a segment of my brain that I didn't know was boxed up. Um, <laughs> things are funny because they're true, and I mean true. Yeah. I mean true in the capital T sense of like it's leading us to something transcendent. Like I might be talking about something totally nonsensical, right? Um, but because of the story, I think of uh, I think was it Louis C.K. or maybe it was Patton Oswalt. One of the two had this bit about they're they're like <laughs> they went up to a meat counter and asked for all of the ham, and like they were going through a scenario in the other guy's head that was next to them in line of like what if this guy just came back from the future and like they set up this whole scenario where they had to go back in time to that particular moment and ask for all of the ham and then like ran away cause they were embarrassed. Like it was just a super funny. Right. Um, but even though it's like this completely nonsense and absurdist story, it's still hitting at something that is true or good um, or beautiful, which is like weird to talk about these very crass and crude people sometimes in terms of the transcendentals. Yeah. Um, but that that gets at your point of like why Chris Rock's stand up special is better than Seinfeld's, at least the newer ones, is because he's being honest. Like there's truth mm-hmm. in it, and it seems to me like Jerry, I'm gonna call him Jerry. Uh, <laughs> um, he listens to this podcast. He's the only football fan on here. Um, he he tries to mask the truth um, to spare yeah. his ego or other people's egos or something like I, the, I can't obviously diagnose him because I don't know him but I would imagine that there's some amount of pride involved um, mm-hmm. in some perverse way and like it just leads to him like not acknowledging the truth about where he is which is a lack of humility right it's like not seeing yourself as you truly are it's what we talked about last week so I don't know I think the more humble you are the funnier you are which is yes which is why absolutely yeah, which is why I think we've gotten funnier over time because we've gotten way, way more humble. <laughs> so I think that's true. Compared to three years ago, absolutely. compared to three years ago, oh my gosh! I was and like, it's why, yeah, and it's why when I would go do open mics, I just couldn't stand them because everyone was immediately trying to do like the crass jokes about sex and pornography. Mm, yucky! That was like this yucky, guy came up no. to me and oh sorry i said yucky gross no which is not a yeah. real commentary on what you just said it was just something <laughs> that i thought in my brain and decided to make it with my mouth hole and and it's funny because i've heard good comedians talk about pornography and it's hilarious yes like chris rock talked about he made he made a joke he was like i was funny because i almost said i almost said am i allowed to say this but he said it in a comedy special so obviously i can um <laughs> he was talking about how like one of the con- one of the contributors to his divorce was he was addicted to porn. Oh wow! And he and the room goes quiet and he goes, "Yeah, yeah I know. Nine billion dollar industry, just me." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's right? so funny. And it's funny because everyone got really quiet and he's like, and he called it. He called it out. He was like, "Yeah, most of the people in this room statistically have experienced this kind of addiction before, whether mm-hmm. they were younger, whether it's right now, you know." And um, dang, that's awesome. And he was talking about how what he's like. It ruins your marriage. He's like, because it it takes away, and he he starts joking about how it like it takes away all of the like, all of the risk involved with sex, mm. and like, um, 
he's like all of the all of the things you see there you like try on your spouse and you forget that they're a human being and he yeah. ma- he's making jokes about it but people are like oh wait that's true mm-hmm. and that's why it's funny because it's true makes sense is because there is truth in comedy. This is something that we've talked about on the podcast before. Go look at the episode Truth in Comedy with Teresa Bova. It's yeah, great. I wasn't on that episode. No, but go listen which, to it because of that. Which is um, why I probably sound like an <laughs> idiot right now. It's like, oh, I just came up with this great <laughs> idea. It's called Truth. <laughs> Check it out. No, but we, I, I, used to, I used to mess with people when they would say, it's funny because it's true. Like, have you ever heard something that's funny because it's false? You know, like... <laughs> I have a spaghetti brain and it's like that's funny for a second but if I kept making jokes about a spaghetti brain you know that wouldn't make any sense (laughs) it's like when we were I think back to when I was a child right and I was starting to figure out like what was funny and what wasn't funny and you would (laughs) you would test out bits like in class and I would like oh gosh they would they would say things like all right, today we're going to learn about math and we're going to go up and we're going to do, okay, here we go. Two plus seven is nine. It'd be like, well, I'm nine and I was 11, you know, and everyone's like, what? That's not funny. That's not funny. But, <laughs> or, you know, anything like that. And you're just like, you're, you're, when I was a fourth grader, I was like, man, sometimes I'm really funny, but sometimes I'm not. What's the problem? And it's because I was like trying to, I was learning whether I knew it or not, uh, I know what the cadence of a punchline sounds like, but I can't quite figure out how to write one. I know. <laughs> Did you? I would assume that you went through something similar when you were a child. Um. Yes. Or were you just always I'm trying to remember? Always an funny. I used to think you were always funny. That's what I used to think. I'm like Ethan is one of those people who's naturally funny. But I think we were we're both neither neither of us are that person. <laughs> when did you think that, and why are you just sharing it with me now? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. I just have this. I just have this room. This memory of this belief that's just like yes, Ethan equal funny. Mm. This is just it's my association with Ethan and natural humor. Well, thank you. That's very kind. Um, you're welcome. I don't think it's true, <laughs> but, which is why it's funny. No, I'm kidding. Um, dang. No, I. Yeah, I think it's one of the. It's just like anything. It's like a social. A social thing it's just that some of you some some people care more about some things than others you ever notice that mm. <laughs> yes like some people will really pick up on manner manners and other such things and some people ignore that completely and only think about what is making the other people in this room laugh right now and like that's what they choose to develop i feel like yeah. there are things like that, that we just choose to develop over time and ours just happen to be what makes people laugh and what makes people chuckle um, rather than like, how can I, I don't know, do something that's different. How can I play sports? Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> like, I mean, in like social How can situations. I eat correctly? Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Okay. <laughs> it, as opposed to like, how can I, how can I get a laugh out of this situation versus what I didn't pay attention to is like, how can I make sure people feel comfortable sure, and like welcomed sure. into this social group? You know, I feel like oh, I got gosh. that way later in life because of youth group it was like there was a big emphasis on making people feel welcome and so i tried to do that but again most of most of it most of my life was what's the what's the best laugh that i can get from this situation yeah um and two people that grow up doing that grow up to start a podcast and and the best part about having a podcast in the future is being able to go back in time and looking back at the old at before when we in in the well before we had not after we were talking about in elementary school but like before <laughs> high, we're gonna do the hot take time machine here we go
Take Time Machine. Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine. The Hot Take Time Machine is the part of the show where we take a look back at the prime of our social media posting lives. If you have a hot take, five years or older, send it over to info at thecrunchcast.com. Ethan, do you have a hot take for us? I do. Uh, this one's a little bit inside baseball. <laughs> I think you're going to like it. Or in, inside football like the Oh, man. Icing the kicker. All right. Yes. It's a very common thing that a lot of people know about, just so you know. I don't know. It's not just me. Tell, put, let us know in the comments below if you yeah, know about comment, it. <laughs> comment now uh, with what you think. Okay, so this one's from May 5th, 2015. Cinco de Mayo. Uh, I didn't celebrate two holidays. I didn't celebrate this year, 420 and Cinco de Mayo. Uh, <laughs> uh, two holidays where rapping is a very important. Uh... <laughs> okay, go on. Stop it. Should have said rolling. Anyway, go on. Uh, 12.27 a.m. A little late night tweeting. Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Shouts to at this Catholic girl for always making me want to be a better person. Keep it 100. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to this Catholic girl for starting this podcast. That's that's true. Shout out to this Catholic girl for always making me want to catfish people online. Oh Keep it one hundred. Ethan, remember that one time you accidentally thirst trapped a thirty year old woman? When? <laughs> what? When? Which time? Just then. <laughs> Just now? The, this Catholic girl was a thirty year old woman when you yeah. tweeted that. Well, I, oh, that's something that I didn't even really consider the reality of when I was yeah, reading so this you were, back. So you were. I thought howled? it was. In my well, hold on. In my mind, when I was reading this, I was like, "Oh, this is so funny." In 2015, I thought this Catholic girl was a real person, and I thought that she was great. That's funny. But now I'm recognizing the reality of that she was a 30 year old woman, and I, oh no, oh man, not again, <laughs> not again. Not a, oh man, uh, those of you who don't know, um, I was which uh, most all of you. <laughs> I was 18 when I tweeted this. Just oh, so you're you know. good. You're fine. Yeah, I was fine. fine. As long as she's not 77 and you're 46, that's fine. <laughs> Oh no, Emma's gonna get that reference. <laughs> she will, but that's okay. She's the only person that needs to get it. Uh, okay, uh, this Catholic girl was a was a um, was an account on Catholic Twitter. She was an anonymous Twitter account, and it was discovered that she was she had a relationship with a young man um, who was about twenty. Um, wait, still, she was never mind. Never mind. Um, this guy was like twenty, and. Uh, they were like they were like flirting on Twitter, and it was found out that she was using fake images and calling herself a different person, which is otherwise known as catfishing. And um, it turned out she was a thirty-year-old married Asian woman, and she was posing as like a twenty-year-old white girl, uh, not married, obviously. And this guy wrote a whole article about it, um, and then everyone was like, "Oh crap, maybe anonymous Catholic t- Twitter accounts are a bad thing." And so, th- what uh, something occurred called the unveiling. Uh, which you, I call only it, you call it the unveiling. Listen, I'm trying to start it. Okay, I'm trying, okay, trying to start all these it. Years later, <laughs> yeah, three years after the fact. Keep it up. Um, on on September 12th, 2016. I know this because our podcast released literally the day before. So, can I? I just looked up the Catholic News Agency article about the incident, um, written by Mary Farrow, who looks to be in at least her 50s um, writing this article about Catholic Twitter the only link to her profile is to her Google Plus page so we know that this is (laughs) 
just let me just read you the first uh, paragraph here. To define some terms, Catholic Twitter is a subculture where mostly young and hipster lifestyle-inclined Catholics follow each other, share ideas, and tweet wow. about faith, life, and everything in between. Dang. Everything in between faith and life? That's a lot of things. Yes, I know. That's like catching foxes. Um, <laughs> today, like Catholic Twitter found out that one of their own had been catfishing. <laughs> no, okay. One more, one more line. The popular account at this Catholic girl, which had amassed thousands of followers (parentheses a feat on Catholic Twitter), was outed as a fake this week in a blog oh, what post. What is it? A feat. Oh boy. Anyway, I don't remember. I don't honestly remember um, in, interacting with that account. I, I, I've, I've seen tweets where I've added her, but other than that, I did not know who she was. Um, so it was kind of fun to watch this all go down. Uh, honestly, that whole that whole thing should have been the canary in the coal mine of maybe Catholic Twitter itself is, is a bad idea. Is bad, yeah. Maybe Twitter is a bad idea. Um, because this is the slowest dying canary of all time. I think it's just this, this, <laughs> it's just still tweeting. Get it? And everybody is uh, everybody's ignoring it because they like I don't know what they like. They like uh, breathing in natural gas. It. It's like three and a half years ago, someone goes, hi, I haven't heard that canary in a while. And then we've just been walking along, yep. la-di-da, <laughs> breathing in natural gas. Um, yeah, I, I, that was honestly, it was, besides the fact that a, that a man got his heart broken, that was yeah. really funny. <laughs> I think... Can I just be honest? Everybody was like, "Oh, this is so bad. We need to we need to have sympathy for everybody involved." It's like, okay, yeah, maybe like be nice in the moment, but if you can't look back and laugh, even if you are that guy, it's like you can't look back and laugh at that later. It's like, come on, that's funny. Yeah, it's like we for all the people involved. What do you mean? One of the people involved was not a good person, or at least very disturbed, and, and another the other, person, the other person involved, should have known the risks. Chat yeah. rooms have been around since 2008. No we one's were being like told surprised. This. In sixth grade, our guidance counselor would come in and tell us how not to use Facebook so that we wouldn't get catfished when we were 12. Like, this is stuff that we've known for a long time. For forever, you know? Oh, man. It's I've, just... I've been trained to fear Omegle. Even just the word <laughs> sends shivers down my spine. It's a bad place. Don't go there. It is. Everything right, the well, light touches is the internet. All right. Um, that was mine. Feel free to... Uh, thank you for that walk down memory lane. Yeah, no problem. Also, I feel like it's good to, to take a look back uh, every once in a while. Hashtag the unveiling 2016. Um, okay. So this is a tweet from uh, July... Sorry, June 6th, 2014. It's three tweets in a row. Okay. This is before okay. tweet threads were a thing. Um, Catholic shockwave. Sometimes people who think they're called to the priesthood aren't. Whoa. First of all, bombshell. <laughs> Pat, <on>. second. <laughs> Pause. Did you did you say <laughs> shock like was that your your I said Catholic shockwave. As in you were preparing people to get shocked by this wave <laughs> yeah. of First tweets. Of all, Catholic shockwave sounds like the worst Pokemon move ever. So <laughs> it's like if it's like if Michael Voris took Church Militant in a different direction and called it Catholic Shockwave. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they started some articles with that line. <laughs> really? Um, 
Then I said, it's irresponsible to follow a path blindly. Entering seminary is not a pact with God. If you feel a pull away, investigate it. And then the third tweet was, I explained why I was angry in tweeting. I went, I told someone today that I don't feel called to the priesthood anymore. And he responded, that's the devil talking. Okay. <laughs> I was very upset. I it was it's... an usher at my church. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, first of all, yikes. <laughs> first of all, what are they even for? You can see where the pew is empty. Second of all, uh, <laughs> just we can all pass you... the baskets ourselves. They don't. Here's the thing. Here's what I don't understand about ushers. You know how like right, you know they this hand is you the a... basket. <laughs> Do you know how to what? You know they hand you the basket, and then like the people at the end of the pew, far away from the usher, hand it backwards one. And then yes. they send it down the other pew, and then the usher takes it and hands it. Why can't they just do that all the way zigzag down? Then the usher's only got to gotta do one thing, and then he waits at the end. Uh, I think it's to make sure that nobody uh, does a switcheroo and switches it out with a different <laughs> basket. Does like a Mission Impossible style fake, <laughs> like, like Last Crusade. Yeah. <laughs> Switch. <laughs> I think that's to make because you got to stay vigilant because you know that the people in church not only have brought an extra basket filled with fake envelopes and fake money, but have hidden it under their trench coat and are just waiting for the moment where that usher stops paying attention, where he starts thinking about the post-mass fish fry and stops thinking about that basket. They make that switch. Boom. Done. And that's why the church is in crisis right now. Move over. Nobody's talking about how the coronavirus is affecting these people who are trying to switch out the baskets during mass. They make a living (laughs) off of that. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Oh, man. Um, so, okay, we were talking about ushers. We were talking about your... It's crazy how people... First of all, it's crazy that you went... Did you go to this usher to ask for advice? No, 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 no. I just, I, he would just ask me, so when are you going to seminary? And I said, oh, I'm not, I don't feel called to the priesthood anymore. And he said, that's the devil talking. Dang. I know. Mm. It's, it's wild how, how little we were taught about prayer when we were here. Right. <laughs> the more that I, the more that I read about like, I guess, the church's teachings on prayer and the more that I kind of cross reference that with everything that I was taught up to the age of 22, I'm like, dang, nobody read any of this stuff before they started to tell me things. (laughs) Maybe we should have done that. Yeah, maybe we should have. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry that you got, you got got by that usher. It's okay. He had a lot of stuff on his mind. He was dealing with offertory fraud. Yeah, he was dealing with making sure that everyone knew that they are welcome in this place and that come as you are. You know? <laughs> I do know. I know exactly what you're okay. talking about. Do you want to crunch but on that? That's all I have. I do want to crunch on that. Okay. Can you... All right. Uh, this Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, uh, part of the show where Patrick uh, introduces Crunch on that. Go ahead. This is, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of crunching in my a little bit of Ethan every okay. Um <clears throat> bum 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 another one bites the crunch. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. 
Another one bites the crust. Oh, no, no, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. Ethan walks warily down the street. His tweet, his volume turned way down low. Ain't no sound but the sound of his tweets. His podcast ready to go. Okay. Are you ready? Hey. Are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Belt. Out of the podcast, the bullets rip. Oh. To the sound of the crunch. Ooh. Da, 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 da. Another one bites the crunch. Okay, that's all I have. Thank you. Is this segment for now on just going to be you parodying pop, really, <laughs> really famous songs? Yes. That one for, comes courtesy of Ed, my, one of my teens who listens to the podcast. Shout out, Ed. Shout out, he Ed. told me to do that, and he gave me some of the lyrics, but I he forgot ca- all of them. He wrote it himself. He did. He, 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 okay, I, I couldn't pull it up in time, but he had like a full... Oh, boy. Like a full Weird Al Yankovic-style lyric sheet. I appreciate... Like he, Ed, I appreciate the zeal, but the whole point of this segment is to put Patrick completely on the spot every single week and make him make something <laughs> up to the point where he gets so mad at me because he can't think of anything and I keep forcing him to do it that it provides comedy for everyone listening. And if you write stuff for him, you're cheat that's cheating. That's not allowed. <laughs> it's like it's like joke stealing. It's just not it's what's not, that um what's what? that Drake line where he accuses Meek Mill of having a ghostwriter? Meek Mill, you got a ghostwriter. Oh no 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 no! It was Sorry. um. <laughs> no, it's it's a Kendrick Lamar line. What was that line? Also, that's not what Drake sounds like. Drake would have sung that line. You know what? You know you know that. You know you got a ghostwriter. <laughs> you know you know. All right, um, but no more Drake impressions for this for this podcast, please. I haven't listened to Drake in so long. I haven't listened to Drake since 2016. So. Uh, what was uh? You said you had something. We were talking about. Oh what, yeah, yeah. We're so going we were back and forth. And, so yeah, back, up? back to back to me having oh, good opinions about comedy. Uh, back to Patrick. Um, back to me having good opinions. Uh, you were talking about. <laughs> you were talking about how you want to have fewer opinions on things. And That's correct. I have recently come to the. In fact, I don't even. I don't even know how I feel about that. <laughs> I actually, you know what? That's an opinion, and I've resolved <laughs> to not have those anymore. Um, I, I've been de- I've been, I've been developing this, this, uh, this, what's it called? Chip on my shoulder for several okay. years now, where I think democracy has ruined us. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. This is okay. I, I think sense, I feel <laughs> some heat rising. The Cajun spice coming up from the back of my throat, <laughs> starting to tickle my tongue. I'm nervous. I'm starting to sweat, but here we go. Or at least maybe not democracy, but at least like what social media has done to it. Like I think I think okay. social media took democracy and like did that did that thing that happened in that movie. Never mind. I can't think of a good enough reference. Anyway, I okay. it just I Twitter destroyed democracy. I think uh-huh. Twitter is <clears throat> Twitter's the most democratic social media because every um Every post is equal in a sense. Like even replies are tweets. They can get the exact same amount of engagement. And the only way you can respond to them is a tweet. Every other social media has like post comment, post comment, post comment, right? And the person who posts has like relative control over who comments. Tweets, that used to not be the case. You can control things now a little bit, but it was completely democratic in that sense. So if you posted something that was genuinely correct, like if you were a news source, or like someone who was like a politician who was tweeting something, someone below you could actually get more engagement by disagreeing with you, even if they have no credentials in that area, right? And so when I joined Twitter, okay. I was a kid. Yes. Still am. Was. 
when I <laughs> when when I joined, I was like, this is a fun way to tweet jokes and to talk about what I know about. But Twitter is categorized as news. Mm. And no app that's categorized as news should let anybody post. That's my thing. Because it's like the red Starbucks cup. Okay. Do you, you remember you, the red Starbucks you, cup? I only know about the red Starbucks cup because you find a way to work it into every fourth episode. The red Starbucks cup is a perfect example okay. of everything that's wrong with the world. <laughs> because I talked about, I talked about this with you last week. That's why that might be why you remember it, but it wasn't on the podcast. No, I literally remember this week being in the shower and thinking, man, Patrick hasn't talked about the red Starbucks cup in a while. <laughs> that's, that's not a bit. That's a true thing that happened. The only the only reason is because if you if you bring up like a recent controversy, you sound like you're just griping. But this is I think we're far enough away from the red Starbucks cup, and it's something that everybody now agrees was stupid. But I was thinking about it, and I was like looking. I, was, I actually started googling it again because I wanted to look back on like what was what was talked about. Let's but dig up even like, older controversies. Let's talk about Reagan and Contra. <laughs> let's um let's dig up uh, even even more useless controversies. Let's dig up um. Let's dig up the Miley Cyrus Nicki Minaj feud from 2007. Okay, did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I don't even think Nicki Minaj was big in 2007. <laughs> that definitely did happen. That definitely was a feud. Anyway, um, the Red Starbucks Cup was covered on the news. Yes. Why was it covered on the news? And the way it was covered on the news was people, like the news anchor would say, People are mad about Starbucks cups. Here is an example of a tweet. And a lot of news stories that I've seen recently, even on even like even the past couple of days, have started with like people have taken to Twitter to voice their dissent. And it's like that's not news. Could you imagine if the news reported on every homeless man yelling about how Obama is an alien? I that can't. Would be nonsense. I can't imagine it, and I kind of want to be there. I kind of I kind want of wanna, to live in that world. <laughs> I kind of want that world to happen. Side note on Obama: I was watching Michael Jordan's, or not Michael Jordan. I guess the Bulls documentary, The Last Dance. Yeah. Um. And at one point, because Obama is from Chicago, they have him as like a you know B-roll kind of footage interview person. And instead of saying Barack Obama president, it says Barack Obama former Chicago resident, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was the president, and they just said, oh, this guy's from Chicago. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, was he the president at the time? No, no, no. This was filmed, like, it's within the past couple years. Oh, oh, so they so they had, like, a talking head with Barack Obama, and they put former Chicago residents. That is, that is correct, yes. <laughs> that's, the most, that's the most important thing that Barack Obama they also did ever this, done. They did the same thing because Scottie Pippen was from Arkansas, so they interviewed Bill Clinton, and it said former Arkansas governor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dang, these guys are just taking swipes. <laughs> these guys are like completely erasing the last couple of presidencies. I know. What are they? Anyway. What are they, they interview George Bush, and it's just some guy from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, yeah. Um. Anyway, the reason why I bring this up is because I've seen the same things happening with the coronavirus. Okay. Coverage is that where the coronavirus that's the 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 pandemic the thing that's happening the pandemic mm. going on okay yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha pandemic right yep yeah you haven't left your house have you huh you haven't left your house have i you? just i just hopped down to the jiffy lube not too long ago i got my oil changed uh, good well, hopefully it was no contact oil change it, phoebe's sister said the funniest thing earlier today she probably read it online but she came out of the room and said covid19 is 19 years old 
I am 14, so legally it cannot touch me. <laughs> okay. Um, That's silly. Trinity Johnson is funnier than me. Okay. Um, get her on the pod. Get her on the podcast. Anyway, so I was... Um, the governor of Texas is reopening things. And he was like, after careful consideration, et cetera, et cetera. And then a bunch of comments below were like, you're, this is a terrible idea. Like you're ruining everything. And a friend of mine screenshot one of those tweets and like posted on Instagram. And one of the tweets went something like the good thing is the shutdown can't last forever. The bad, because it gives us time. It also gives us time to stock up on personal protective equipment and to um, flatten the curve. The bad news is we haven't done any of that. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We haven't. And I looked up this person and I was like, who is this person? It was just some author of some finance book. Okay. That like is like an ebook. Like that's the, she has 15,000 followers on Twitter and that's it. But she's like, but she's allowed to tweet those things because she has a following and people will believe her. And it just bugs me. Yes. Because we've allowed so much information. Mm into the world and anyone is allowed and and twitter gives everyone such an equal footing that like it's possible for me some guy to have more followers than a new york times journalist and because i have more followers my tweets will get more engagement yes anyway sorry you were trying to talk no i don't mean i don't have anything i'm just agreeing with you i'm trying to hype so this just brings me this brings me to we need to stop thinking that we have the right to an opinion on everything. Yes. And it, I don't know what's true about the coronavirus. That's the thing. Nobody did. Right. Like people were digging up other people's tweets from before this whole thing happened where people were like, it's not a big deal. Like vice magazine or whatever vice is. I think it's a website was like coronavirus isn't a big deal. And then three weeks later, it's like Donald Trump isn't taking this seriously enough. And it's like, yeah, yeah, they're contradicting each other, but also they learn new things. So like, don't worry about it. It's not a big, it's like, you, no one knows what the future will hold. That's the whole point of the When future. I was That's three, I thought I could eat Play-Doh. <laughs> Turns out I was right, but not in the way that I thought. <laughs> I was right about the Play-Doh, wrong about the consequences. Um, but yeah, and I, I don't know what's true about coronavirus. I don't know if opening up the country is the right call right now but i'm also not surrounded by scientists so like any research that i do is necessarily going to be not as much research as the governor of whatever state i'm in regardless of whether that that governor is republican or democrat and regardless of whatever political agenda that person has you know i have a personal bias too i want to get back to work because i want people to get back to work because i'm worried about phoebe's parents and my parents you know I have a pretty stable job, thank God. But they work for bigger companies that might start cutting the bottom line a little little quicker than mine does. You know, and so like I'm worried. I, I have a personal bias. I'm worried. But like that doesn't mean that another person's bias is any worse than mine. I don't does that make sense? I just think I that people need to stop having opinions on things they don't I, know about. I think Yeah, kind of going along with what I was saying before, it's like we allow ourselves to be so affected by the stuff that other people say. And there are some people that, that uh, we should be affected by. Like when you see a policeman and he says, hey, get down, there's a bomb going off behind you. You say, oh, <laughs> yes, I will let your words affect my actions. And then you dive to the ground and he saves you. And it's Reginald Vell Johnson from Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> and you're so happy that you get to be saved by Reginald Vell Johnson. And 
so that's there are sometimes like that where it's like genuinely like okay this person has authority in this moment and i'm going to obey what they say because of the thing but social media has just removed any even the the president kind of makes memes now on twitter and so which is funny but it kind of like reduces the uh legitimate authority that social media now has right because now no longer do people who have legitimate secular authority such as the president who was elected or whoever right it like when people start to abuse that or use it negatively or other people who don't have authority try to start to treat it as if they do have authority and people start to listen to them then it just makes the whole thing a wash and so but at the same time we're still all in it and we're still all plugged in and whether it's Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or Twitter, um, we're just in it and we're, we, we watch the things that we like and we read the things that we like and that kind of conform to what we agree with most of the time. And even consciously or, or not, we lend a certain amount of authority to those things just because they are presented to us from another source. Um, yeah. But and it's like through a screen, and we think that like because somebody was able to put the effort together to like put a put a tweet out with proper punctuation and a link at the end, or make a video that has n- nice editing, or um, make a it's Facebook not even post. nice editing, just yellow and black words over stills from oh, yes. Shutterfly, you know exactly. That's not yeah, the right word. Shutterstock, yeah, Shutter Shutterfly. Um, but yeah, like people that that in our minds, it like it's it bypasses some human thing where we like need to have because if some like you were saying like if some homeless guy ran up to me and said duck there's a bomb like i'm probably not going to <laughs> you know first of all what would ducking do if a bomb is around you well you know what i mean if it was a homeless yeah, yeah, reginald no, val you. johnson if it was a homeless reginald val johnson who wasn't a police officer from Die Hard anymore yelling at me like hey <laughs> get down there's a bomb he'd be like get away from me homeless reginald val johnson i'm not gonna do that um <laughs> and it, the 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 same thing goes with like online is that we some that that part of our brain that like can make those decisions in person gets bypassed because of the screen and I don't know why I can't explain the science I just know that it happens and so this is why it's so so important to just completely if you're going to be on the sites I think you have to temper it way more than you think you need to I'm talking yeah it's like you need to be I've been clearing out my Facebook because I think Facebook is good to stay in contact with people. It's kind of like a big contact list, you know, that I just get to have because of years and years of building up friends or whatever. Like now I don't even have to do anything with it. I can just always contact people if I need them and I have it. Great. Um, and I like doing stuff for the crunch on there. Sometimes crunch.com slash the crunch on facebook.com slash the crunch. Check it out. <laughs> yep. That's our website. <laughs> that's, the, that's the website. Crunch.com slash the crunch slash facebook.com. <laughs> Slash the crunch. Backslash creep thoughts. Oh, man. You did an office at the end. It was going to be funny, but then you ruined it with that comedy show. Yeah, but you knew what it was from, and that's enough for me. Okay. Let me let me round up my thought, and I'll give you I'll give it the, I'll hand the reins back over to you. Um, what I'm trying to do is cull the, the things that I see. So every time I see a post from somebody, and this is going to take probably a couple more weeks of work. Like every time I log on to Facebook and I see something from somebody that I don't know or don't care about or whatever, I just unfollow them. So now I've reduced yep. it down to, and without unfriending them, which is great because I value it as a friend platform, but not and like a contact. Not everybody does that. Like you, I know you nuked it because you don't necessarily care about that, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but now all I see is like when I log in is like 
the the like I see Bishop Barron's posts, which are good, and I like them. I see like my close friends, which are good, and I like them. I see pictures of my godson, which is good, very very good. Um, and I see like local, like my local church, you know, posting about whatever the heck is going on. You know, like yeah. I, it's it's very minimal, and anything that comes up, it's like somebody that I don't know, or somebody that I don't talk to, or somebody that I don't really care about what's going on in their life. I just unfollow them. So that way it just reduces down like, and all of a sudden now I know because I know these people in real life or at the very least, like I've seen enough of Bishop Barron's stuff to know that he is a source of authority, you know, or the, I mean, also he's a Bishop, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm trying to well, say is that I'm familiar enough with what he says that I can, I don't have to make that value judgment in my mind of, is this a valid source of authority? I just have all these people that I know that I can trust and that's it. And there's no, I, I don't get anything else. Cause even on Facebook, or on Twitter, if something pops up or someone does a retweet or somebody comments on something that then floats into your feed, it's it could be something about coronavirus, for example, and somebody saying something that is inflammatory on one side or the other. Like, you shouldn't wear masks, or if you don't wear a mask, you're the devil. Like, whatever. Um, but or if you do wear a mask, you're the devil. Yeah, I don't it, understand it anything. It doesn't matter. Um, but then all of a sudden you see that because it pops up because you follow someone that you don't really know. Then you have to make like three judgments on whether or not to trust the authority of that particular post reposted yeah. and commented on by that thing. And that your brain just won't do that. And it'll just read it and say, oh, this is a thing that I now have to listen to and adapt yes. into my life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's terrible for our brains. It's it it does it paralyzes us or it makes us hyper um, for one side. And, and those both are bad. And we don't realize we do this. And what's so funny is I just, I can't watch the news. I can't do it because it's do it's exactly what Twitter is. I, it's just, we, sometimes we have, <laughs> we have the news on at night and oh my gosh, at six o'clock, which is like the news hour, Sean Hannity comes on Fox and he's talking about what someone said about him from NBC. And NBC, I look on Twitter, NBC's tweeting about what Sean Hannity said about them. It's going back and forth and back and forth. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Can't you guys just kiss already? Can't you guys just kiss already? But, oh my goodness, it's church militant versus, you know, whoever America they hate. America Magazine. Know, yeah, it's, it's, it's the Jesuits versus the Trats. It's, the, it's, all, it's all, oh my gosh, everything is the same. Nothing is different everywhere. It's like... Um, Who would have thought that human beings are the same regardless of race, of religion, faith. or creed? Like we're all like we all just happen to be the same wired as and they're humans. all fighting a holy war in their mind. Like yeah. they're all doing it, and it's just you can't you can't escape you can't escape it if you're if you're trying to get news from these sources like Twitter or from any 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 news station that has a slant, which is all of them. Uh oh, all of them. Even this and, podcast has a slant. It's that we're against slants. <laughs> this is the no spins never mind um we uh what was i saying um oh that's it what happens to your brain oh tell me is when you see flashing colors first of all your brain is distracted which is why every news station has moving graphics it's mm. because now your brain's going ooh, ooh graphics and and why twitter has like bright blue buttons and like blink the the heart went up and you you feel good anyway you're you're you think that we think we're smart I don't want to say you think you're smart because you are smart. You're listening to our podcast. I thought you were talking to me. We think we're smart. 
Sometimes you segue in and out of talking to me and talking to the audience, and I'm like, oh, I'm smart. And then you're like, no, you use a big plural word. And he the royal talking. you. I'm not. I'm not um, the smart one. <laughs> vosotros think you're smart. <laughs> Man, we should do uh, this podcast in Spanish. It'd be so much easier to follow. I think. <laughs> uh, escucha la crunch nuevos episodios todos los domingos. Leche. Anyway, <laughs> we think we're smart. We think that we can distinguish from like we think we can look at a tweet and go, "Well, that's not a that's not a credible source." But you actually end up forming your opinions if you're on Twitter based on like the average of what you've seen, yeah. regardless of the credibility of the sources. You just go, "Oh, I saw this many people that think masks are good, and I saw this many people that think masks are bad. Therefore, I have no clue what's happening. <laughs> like I saw an equal amount, therefore I have no opinion. Or I saw more like this. Or or you do the other thing where you just believe whoever you saw first. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it, it's. I don't know. Think critically. <laughs> and it's yeah. This is. I think it's so. I think our brains are broken. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and the reason why is I'll tell you the reason why. You ready for it? Here comes the reason why. Because we're not using them. And <laughs> like I was talking to um I was talking to somebody and they were like, Oh, I had such a good conversation with these people and like it was so amazing. We weren't even talking about like faith or spirituality. It's like we were just talking about um the like their jobs, right? And it was like a good mm. intellectually stimulating conversation. It's like, yeah, it's it's good because you're using your brain. And like yeah. a lot of the times when we have discussions, even about things like work or even about things like faith, we don't engage our brains at all. Like we repeat talking points or we repeat platitudes so as to cruise on out of that conversation as quickly as we can, um, which is why I th- I don't know. I don't know if podcasts are good because you and I get to have a conversation that activates the thinking part of my brain. But people listening mm-hmm. to this are going to take one or two talking points out of it and then just repeat that later. And s- I don't necessarily agree with you. Well, and I think someone okay. just said the same thing. But I think whenever we say something, I, well, here's, here's think of how many times Teresa has texted us about something that we've said on the podcast and wanted to talk to us about it. Well, like one time because she one time. Well, recently, <laughs> May, okay, me. I guess she's ta- or or like how many conversations I've had with Phoebe based on something that I heard on the podcast, and we have this long conversation about it. I think that happens. I just don't think we hear about it. That's fair. I think podcasts I, are good because, and I don't know if I'm right or not. I'm just throwing that out there of like maybe this is true, and maybe it's yeah. Not. And I, I think, I think, I think that there's a danger in that. I think that um, danger occasionally in, oh, yeah, okay. we like to. I think what you said about we like to mentally coast in conversations and repeat talking points. I think that was, I think it's very astute. I think we like to reduce things to binary because it's easier to process. Yeah. It's easier to process good guy, bad guy narratives, which is why politics is the worst. Mm -hmm. You know, it's because it's, I just don't, how's the, how's the weather? Weather's great. How's the wife? Wife is good. Cool. How about local sports team? Great. Now I can go back to my desk and do the work that takes my brain power. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) That's the that's why small talk exists in part because your brain what does your brain do it conserves energy, and so yeah. if you can conserve energy you're going to which is why these things are so difficult because we have all of these other facts no longer is it just like water cooler conversations to get back to our desk so that we can work harder like taking a brain break and like having these you know 
like repeating whatever you heard on Shock Jock Sports Radio the day before with your coworkers so you can talk about Mets baseball or whatever. Like <laughs> it's it's now the everything around us is inundating us with it's telling us to not we don't we don't even get the opportunity to think critically because a lot of the things that we experience are not two-way communication platforms. Yeah, even the things that yeah. are two-way communicate like Twitter is not actually like no, it's if I not. tweet something that doesn't make sense, which happens a lot, people don't ask for clarification. They respond as if it's a one-way thing and they are just upset. And so Yeah, and they respond like they're punching up. Yeah. They respond yeah. like they're attacking someone who's higher than them and who they don't they can't they can't in, interact with. And when you said well, we're talking about reducing things to binaries, oh my gosh, that's why political parties exist. Yeah, of course. And that's why there's two of them in America. Because at least you can and literally they're they're opposing colors. They're red and blue. It's like they're they're like they're super they're opposite colors, right? So yeah. that you can so that so that our little human brains can go, Okay, that one is wearing red ties, so I like that one. I vote for that one. Like that's literally what we do. Yes. And we do the same thing with trad versus charismatic. Someone is either one or the other. So it's, we can we can put them into little boxes and so we can choose whether or not we like them. Oh my gosh. I it's funny watching watching polarizing media, watching people who like watching these these very slanted shows. I I because because we've had Fox News on, I've also tried to watch some other very left leaning shows. And it's so funny the way that like the way like Fox News will just use Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's name as a punchline, mm. and then John Oliver will do the same thing with Donald Trump. Yes, and it's so funny. Like, uh-huh. but these are people, you know. So, so humans. Yeah, they are human, and and their 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 minds can't be reduced to a binary like good bad. Yes, you know, and um, I don't know. There's 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 nuance, and we need to explore it, especially when it comes to the ideas they produce. Right. Because you can you can make a You can make a case to say, I think Donald Trump's policies are motivated by his narcissism. I think that's a fair criticism. But you can't just be like oh, orange man bad. You know, it's just one one is one is a smart opinion and the other one is just reductionist. So I think that's I think that's why that brings it back to what we we're talking about earlier. You can like Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, because you like goofy comedy. And that's fine. And or you can, you can even- dislike him. You, I was going to say you can even like some of his jokes and not other of his jokes. And not all of them. Yeah. Yes. I, but and you can also dislike him, but not liking him because he's popular and rich is silly. Yeah. Not liking him because you have a ser- a serious opinion about comedy and like the nuances of it, absolutely fine. And your opinion might be might be incorrect to someone else, you know, but it's like talking about it as in not reducing it to binary is a virtue and being able to engage in conversation about those things is a virtue. And if it's and if it's something that you need to do with stand-up comedy, you definitely need to do it with American politics. <laughs> yeah. I um can I take a step back? Like a like take a bit more of a broader look? Please do. <laughs> okay. because uh, I like what you're saying. And I don't want to be the guy that over-spiritualizes things, but I read something today that's gnawing at the back of my head. I want to talk. It's about. absolutely fine to make this podcast about spirituality. Thank you. It's part of the deal. I'm reading this book, Fulfillment of All Desire. Very good book. I think everybody should read it. Um, and then the one part, they're quoting Bernard of Clairvaux, who's a homie. Oh, absolute homie. And he's talking about kind of the... It's, it's in the section where it talks about the trials and, and tribulations of... 
giving your life over to Christ, right? Like you can, you can commit yourself to not mortally sinning ever again. You can commit yourself to removing all of your attachments to sin. You commit yourself to a life of prayer and a life of perfection, but you're still going to experience trials, right? And like, this is just a natural part of life because we're trying to wrestle with our desire for the infinite and our desire for the perfect with our nature our fallen nature with our humanity. Um, and so like this, these trials are naturally going to come up. One of the things that they talk about is like how at a certain point you need to enter, this is St. John of the Cross talking about like the dark night of the senses, not the dark night of the soul, which is a whole different thing. And it's not when you have desolation for two months, it's a whole other situation. <laughs> so you probably don't have dark night of the soul if you're listening to this. Um, but dark night of the senses is what we experience when we, uh, turn away from the things of the world in order to create more room in our hearts and our souls and our lives for God. So like, um, for example, like Augustine giving up his, his sexual pleasures, you know, that he was infatuated with would create a kind of dark night of the senses because his body was used to having this sensual fulfillment, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, sensual in like the terms of the five senses, not necessarily sexual, but like, and that could be true of, of anything of like, yeah, I give up, uh, drinking or like getting drunk or I give up, um, the, the way that I eat or the way that I, uh, spend my money or the way that I consume media. Like there's things that we, if we're trying to pursue perfection, we have to remove from our lives and we experience this dark night of the senses, which is, can be kind of like a sadness or an emptiness or even like a confusion about like what to do, you know, because we are so used to having all of these worldly things. And the, this amazing line that Bernard of Clairvaux uses is that we have to make a great general farewell to worldly follies and vanities. And I just love that of like, it mm. just, it's all encompassing of like, we need to say goodbye. Like we need to be standing on the coast of Concordia as it sails away. Not that's a bad example of a ship. <laughs> we need to be. Wait, what? <laughs> So the one that's a that's a cruise ship that sunk in Italy. Oh no! <laughs> uh, the we need to be on a ship. Maybe a good again. Titanic would have been a great reference. What is it with you and niche jokes? Today? I'm, I'm so sorry. First it was the kicker. And... No, no, I'm kidding. Go on. Kicker, Reginald Val Johnson, Costa Concordia. I'm just on a I'm on a new one today. Um, <laughs> you stand on the ship. You wave goodbye to everything. Right. You're you're waving. And the, and what he says is that this is going to result in like a loss of sort of the convenience that you had before, like it's going to be painful and it's not going to be easy. Like you're going to have to adapt your lifestyle to make up for the fact that you've said goodbye to these worldly things. And so to connect this all back, right. I've been thinking about this in terms of my own life of like, I have taken a major step back in terms of my social media consumption, my just in general media consumption, how I consume media, the way that I drink, the way that I interact with, the opposite sex, the way that, and this is all just since my conversion or like my reconversion in college. Like I've changed a lot of, like a lot of my life, you know, uh, money, my relationship, I fundraise my salary. <laughs> like yeah. there's a, there's a lot of different things that are, that happen and I'm not all the way there yet. Um, and I need to definitely make more room in my soul, but I think this is a part of the, what, what needs to happen for faithful Catholics and Christians in this country is that we need to be willing to let go of the things that we're used to. So social media, YouTube, the news, um, whatever, 
whatever the things are that are making all of this stuff, whether it's politics or coronavirus or whatever, so difficult and painful. Like we need to let go of those things, really make sure that we are rooted in our identity as sons and daughters, right? Have a relationship with God in prayer daily before we start to like wade back out into this stuff, because there's no way that you can properly do the critical thinking that we're talking about while you're inundated in all of this, these things, which is why like retreats are so good, you know, and, and those yeah. kinds of things, because they, they pull you out of the world because you, we have to be shown that the day, the day-to-day stuff that we think is so, so important when you start to view it in terms of a worldly folly and a vanity that you can do a great general farewell to, then it all starts to take shape of like, we're, we're on it. We ought to be like, what's that quote from Catherine Stan? Like we're on a ship. The earth is thy ship or whatever. We're supposed to be on this great ship as we're sailing away from the things of the world towards the things of God. And I think a lot of times we see the ship and we stay on the shore and it's like, I like it here because I know what's going on. And that's not, that's not the invitation of the gospel ever. And, and we, we value that so, so much, especially in America, especially when information is all at our fingertips all the time. It's like, I can't, people say that they literally say like, I can't not know what's going on. I can't let go of this, this information stream that I've developed. I can't let go of the Facebook or the Twitter or the Instagram. Like I can't do it because what if I don't know? What if I miss something? What if I'm, what if the boat is the coast of Concordia and I crash? (laughs) (laughs) But like, that's, that's the, that's the invitation. Does that make any sense? Does that connection make sense? Yes, I think okay. it does. <laughs> okay, thank you. It's because like we have to we have to leave something behind that we're used to. We have to leave a comfort behind, which is like binary thinking and like yeah, yeah, reduction, reductionism, etc. Yeah, because the you think about how Jesus had conversations with people, and like the dude was so nuanced. And like understood how he needed to be in every conversation and like was able to operate at the proper level mm. of every conversation he was yeah, in. The, Go the ahead. Pharisees would try to trap him into binary situations like, yes. hey, we either need to stone this lady or you get to say that Moses doesn't matter. Those are your two options. And he's like, I choose neither. Drawing in sand. Moon walks out of there. And that's anyway. It's true with like. I was just thinking about the the man with the withered hand, right? Like he's in he's mm, in the temp he's in the temple with the man with the withered hand. And the man with the withered hand is like, "Heal me." And Jesus is like, "All you got to do is stretch out your hands." Like like I I love you. I'm here for you. Just stretch it out. I'm not going to make you get up. I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm not going to tell you that's the Sabbath. Like I just just stretch out your hand. And the Pharisees are over there like, it's the Sabbath and he's doing a healing. And he turns and he looks at them and he's like angry. And it says he has anger and he grieves at their hardness of heart. So it's like he has these two, it's like simultaneously he's in this situation where he has the proper approach and response and the proper emotions towards different groups of people. Um, and like, think about the woman at the well, right? Like that's a different kind of conversation that he has with Nicodemus than he has with Peter, right? Like it's so... It's fascinating to think about that, and that should be our goal, is that, like, we don't need to have, we don't need to just operate on one level. Um, And I think that's, we're so used to that, because the same things get hammered over and over and over and over again, and we think that that's the only level that we can operate on. And that's just not true. And I'm not saying that, like, you need to get smarter, or you need to, like, know a bunch more stuff. It's just that you need to, you have a brain, you have an intellect, you have reason 
but like, do you ever use it actually? Do I ever <laughs> actually use my reason? I can't try to think of one time I've ever actually used my reason, and I'm coming up with a blank, Pat. <laughs> Come on, I, no, you well, definitely used it. I know, I know. I'm being, I'm being facetious, but like, in our daily lives, are we engaging our reason, or are we just allowing our will to choose the thing that's going to numb our reason over and over and over again? Mm. Those are that. That's all I have to say. I don't want to talk anymore on this podcast. You, you talk forever and ever, Amen. Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, shout out to our new podcast uh, hosting platform for giving us um, the real de- the the real look at our download numbers. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, we're flying, baby. Who knew? We're flying. It's real nice. Um, and uh, also, I have two Doctor Ethan's dating corners for you. Oh frick! Let's go. The reason why I have two is because one of them is longer and is more nuanced. The other one is like just quick advice, but she sent us an email twice, and so I kind of feel like we need to get. Give me to the it. give me the quick one first. Quick one first. Yes, oh, please. Okay. I need a I need a quick one. I need a an easy off ramp from my wherever <laughs> that headspace that I just created for myself back there. Um. Okay. So, a o. Uh, <laughs> it's a great start. Obviously, from a Gen Z, um, listener. I submitted this through the website, but IDK, if that's the same thing, so here it is again. Um, not quite a dating question, but it's close enough. Okay. Um, basically, I found out that I'll be, an out, I'll be on an outreach team for my college's campus ministry next year, and the dude that I have a crush on is the leader of it, and it's going to be super awkward because it is definitely not dating time, and I typically avoid him, LOL. Uh, tips to uncatch feels when you have to work with people. I want to do the ministry. Hmm. Sounds uh, like there's only one person that you need to outreach to. And that is that's that's this this guy. What's his name? We should give him a name. Fred. Brian. Oh, Fred is good too. Brian Fred. Brian that's Fred. <laughs> I think. Well, I, it depends on what like what kind of what kind of uh, what kind of campus ministry. T- so she's, just, she's on the college? campus ministry. This is a college thing. Yeah. So she's on an outreach team okay. for the campus ministry. Okay. And the dude she has a crush on leads it. If I date him, I don't. Yeah, if I know one, that's okay. If I know one, yeah, it's like it's not illegal to date people that are also doing outreach. In fact, it's probably preferred, <laughs> so that you can go and do it together and learn how to be a marriage that goes out and evangelizes with your relationship. Like that's kind of the whole point of the thing, right, Pat? Yeah. Like yeah, there's like a rule. There's like sent teams at at Franciscan, which is like it's like net, but just for the semester. And you're on this team with this with this group of people, and you have like one or two retreats, and you spend a lot of time together. And there's a rule: no dating, mm. which is a good rule. Mm. Um, no dating during the semester. Yes, but you know how many people who liked each other and ended up dating after the semester? All of them. Oh, so many. Yes. Oh, so many. And it's totally fine. Like Jason Everett has this joke where he was like talking to a group of net netters, and they were like two guys. They were like, we just we're having trouble. Like we're having trouble not like not like desiring the. To, to date the girls we're with and he's like oh i'm sorry you're in a bus driving around the country at the age of 18 with a bunch of beautiful catholic women that are also single yeah you're a crazy person <laughs> it's like <laughs> i mean unless he's dating someone there's no reason for you to uncatch feels yeah i think the, one of two things is going to happen i think the last thing you should do is avoid him first of all because if, yeah, if i know anything course. about c- campus ministry i know that those meetings are going to be hell and 
<laughs> I just am anti-meeting in general. But I know that probably nobody in that room knows how to run a meeting. I know nobody in that room probably brought an agenda to that meeting. And if that guy's leading it, mm-hmm. you're either going to be repulsed by his lack of organization skills or you're going to fall more in love with him. And those are the only two, those are the only two options. So I would say, cause, cause here's the thing, here's what's really going to happen. And I've done this before is that like, I've liked someone from a distance and only kind of talked about them and never really talked to them. And you always result in creating this image of them that doesn't actually exist. Like you think that they're like something when they're actually not. And so you're, this is good that you're going to be on this team together because you'll probably actually figure out whether or not you like him since you've been avoiding him, which I think is just a bad move. <laughs> Bad, bad move. Yeah. Uh, so don't be afraid to uh, talk to him. Don't be afraid. Afraid. Don't be. Don't get flayed. Um, don't be afraid to flirt with him. And if it doesn't work out, then you can always just keep doing evangelization with on the same team. Like that wouldn't be weird. I promise you. It's not weird at all. It's not weird at all. Too like especially in a healthy Catholic community. It's very normal for people to go on a date, go on a couple dates even, to date even for a while, and then break up because it's not right, and then go back to being a part yeah. of the community together. That's like a that should happen. That's a normal thing. Pat, you, you ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have any more thoughts? All right, before on we move one? on to the next one, I have another fun. I have another fun statistics uh, update for you. Okay. Um, I always I'm always looking for week. updates in the world of statistics. In in the in the uh, in the past week, twenty six people listened to our very first episode. Not every day is game day. That's crazy uh, to me. Eleven people listened to the second one, which means which confirms my theory that everyone starts this podcast thinking I'm going to listen to all of them, and then gets through the first one and is like, you know what? Never mind. No thanks. <laughs> skip to the rebrand. I want to see what's going on. Um, sorry, what? I said skip to the rebrand. Skip to the rebrand. All right, this one comes from anonymous. LOL, please don't use my name because I have friends um, who listen. Sorry, that, I thought that was a funnier sentence. For reference, I am almost done with my junior year of college. This is kind of a two questions for the price of one email special. Okay. Question let's, one. Let's not get haughty, all right? The next listen. person who sends in trying to get a deal, we're not, we're not going to answer. We're going to answer half of your email. Slaps podcast. This baby goes from zero to 60. <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, we, though? Don't we go from zero to 60? All right. Depends. Um, depends on the episode. What are y'all's best ideas and thoughts about boundaries and prudence in guy-girl friendships? Mm. Question three. She put one and then three. Okay. I have a close guy friend. We'll call him Peter, who for the past Let's year- Let's call him Fred Bryan. Fred Bryan. Fred <laughs> Who for the past year we've been friends has always kept me on always kept me up to date with his romantic life and the girls he has crushes on. Cute. This has always felt odd to me because I am a girl and he's a guy. Recently he told me he was interested in dating a girl he knows, who according to him, loves Jesus is pretty and has the same music taste as me, which to a young boy is all the things that you need. Yes. Um baptized and breathing this was the this is kind of irritating to hear because i literally have all these qualities too and i get that not everyone is everyone else's type but it's still frustrating to illustrate in a more relatable way i feel like taylor swift's you belong with me music video (laughs) except the other girl is just like me on all accounts besides the fact that i'm a closer friend to peter than he is instead of a blonde instead of a blonde taylor and a brunette taylor it's two blonde taylors she prays was taylor swift i'm on the bleachers was was Taylor Swift both girls in that music video? I've never seen that music video, so I don't want to answer that question. This is definitely not the illusion you want to give to uh, do, two dudes on a podcast. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, instead of instead of a do you maybe have a, a reference to icing the kicker that we could potentially <laughs> do you do you maybe have could a, you have a retroactively reference to Ren and Stimpy? Could you listen to this and rewrite the email and send it back to us right send now so that we can read it and understand now. it on this podcast? Um, and then she literally the next thing she says is, "Hopefully, you guys know enough about this iconic video to get the reference." <laughs> Clearly, it's not very iconic. I don't, I don't know the reference. reference. The rest of this podcast, if you want to know why, I really don't care that all that much. Even about if someone references shows. the podcast, I don't get it. I posted pictures of pizza on on my Instagram, and three people, three listeners, replied, "How would you slice the pepperoni so small?" And I was like, "I don't understand what you people." That was are the saying. name of one of our episodes, like two months. ago. I don't ago. name the episodes. I just appear on them. And star <laughs> okay. <in> them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess I that need was, to get over him. That was the says. most diva thing you've ever said about this. I don't name the episodes. I just appear on them. I my agent all tells green me. M&Ms in my dorm room, Ethan. All green M&Ms. <laughs> my agent tells me when to be on the call, and then after that, I don't even think about it. I step out of a limousine, and I walk. Like, I leave the house. I get picked up by a limo driver. I, he laps the block, and I walk back into the house. I don't even I know what my co-host looks like. <laughs> He's just a wall of sound that pleases me. Where's oh, my, my sparkling gosh. water? <laughs> I knew this one was going to take long. Um, sorry. Where's my <laughs> sparkling water? That's actually what I say, though. Um I guess I need to get over him, but I definitely want to find a way to do that graciously and charitably without becoming a cold friend to him in the process. I'm just annoyed by the whole thing, which brings me back to question one. Is he being imprudent telling me about his love life, or am I just upset and being unfair because I'm not the girl? How old are these people? Um, Does it say? Because if y'all are in high school, this just sounds normal, but if y'all are in college, you should probably have a conversation. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's very funny. (laughs) It's kind of true. Um. So, I think he's being immature by telling you about his love life. Yeah, but I'm also thinking back when I was in, when I was in high school. Maybe it was different. I had a really solid guy girl friendship with this girl named Haley. Um, shout out. Yeah, Haley. me too, but not with Haley. Not with Haley. And she would like ask me like, "Hey, are there any updates in your love life?" And like I would tell her because she was dating other guys and we never like wanted to date each other. Um, hmm. and so it was like understood that like. Yeah, I was a good guy friend. I was then I was a, a groomsman in their wedding. I wasn't even that good of friends at the time with her uh, spouse, but she picked me to be one of the groomsmen because she didn't have any brothers. And so I was like, all right, I'll do it. Um, and like that's that's an awesome relationship. So if it's like that, and like you, well, it's clearly not like that. I think <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think the only situation in which that kind of sharing is okay is if yeah the girl is like asking like, Hey, share this stuff with me. I want to like help you out or be your friend. Um, but a lot of times guys will rely on women. Fun fact. Sometimes men have to rely on women. (laughs) (laughs) This is really hard. Cause I don't more on that. Buy my book, (laughs) buy my book. If I don't know if you're 14, I don't know if you're 22, like it's, it really, you got to start including, I wish people included more demographic information in their emails because this really changes a lot of the answer. I think it's true. Uh, I think, yeah, Pat, I think one of the, one of the key things that you, that, that kind of gives you a good analogy of what's going on is, um, you haven't said explicitly what we inferred, which is you like this guy. Yes. You never said that in the email. No. Have you and said I'm it to yourself? You never told him either. Yeah, you need to like, go. Did you say that to? You need yeah. to get up right now. I know you're listening to this, anonymous. You get up, stand up, 
off your off your Hello Kitty comforter. And I don't know. That was a wild assumption that I should not have. I'm made. assuming that she's five. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we <laughs> no five year olds listen to our show. We have no way to know. Um, get up off get up off your bed. Walk into the bathroom. Look in that mirror and say, "I like him." And then and we'll then wait. Look no, at we'll wait. On your other mirror. We'll <laughs> wait. We'll wait until you're done. Go do it right now. Everyone, 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 hold on. Everyone our wait. friend, our our fellow cruncher is is being empowered. Now, once you're done doing that, look in your other mirror and go, ah, he doesn't deserve me. <laughs> Girl power. Okay. We gotta How keep many... we gotta keep the base happy. Girl power! <laughs> gotta keep the base happy. <laughs> gotta reward. Is girl power like our our build that wall? Is that like what we need to what we need yes. to do to appease our base? Um, yes, we're gonna we're gonna make red hats that just say crunch bunch and then um, respect women. We're going to build a wall around the women and make the men pay for it. Um, We're going to build a wall and then build a build and then put women on top of it. So the wall can support women. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, First of all, how many mirrors do you think this woman has in her bathroom? Second of all, I mean, every woman has at least two. That's one of one is for eye makeup. That's just facts. Step one is get empowered. Step two is recognize (laughs) (laughs) what? Step one is get empowered. Step one, get okay, empowered. Now that you've done that. Now that you've done that, step two. you can actually think with a logical brain and recognize, like, shoot, if this guy's telling me stuff about his other women in his life, then he probably doesn't want to date me. And you, I need to get over him, which is easier said than done, but I need to start that journey now or else it's going to cause a lot of pain in the future. Because you've you've done something for us that you haven't done that that you see we we were able to do something that he has not been able to we were able to infer that you like him yes I do not think he has been able to infer that. yeah he probably and this is if he knew that he probably wouldn't be sharing the stuff that he's sharing yes. with you yeah and so I and, think the boundary here's the thing about boundary everybody listening to this podcast right now I need you write I need to get a sheet of pa- a lot of interaction today on this podcast get a sheet of paper take a pen write down dating advice and then underneath all you need to write down is the word communication. That's the only thing that you need to write down. Because if you tell the person how you feel, then they know how you feel. You see? Human beings are the only two animals that can have, that have complicated language and complicated emotions, and those two things go hand in hand. Yes. And if you this and if you rules. and if you don't tell them how you feel, then they won't know. <laughs> this is important for having a happy time when the when you do stuff. No one is that good at inferring human emotion. Yeah. <laughs> And so, um, Malcolm Gladwell has a book all about it. Really? Yeah. Does he? A, did he reference? Did he? Probably. He probably took all of his ideas from Cal Newport. Shut, shut up. <laughs> uh, speaking of um, which, speaking of which, Cal Newport, welcome to the podcast. Please uh, have a seat. No. Welcome to the podcast. Um, short for Calvin, which I learned yesterday. Um, I think I want to add something else. Okay. Which is like the other side of this. I don't know him. I don't want to like. I don't want to like put false hope in our listeners. Let's put Fred Bryan on blast. But here's the thing: if he knew, if he, you say that you have all the qualities that he likes in a woman, and he obviously doesn't know that you like him, if he knew that, would he date you? That's a possibility. I don't know the guy. I don't know you. It's possible. Invite him to go see the Sonic movie with you. <laughs> that obviously works. Anything can happen. <laughs> Apparently it works. I... So yeah, I, that, I guess that's that's the. So yeah, you asked us about boundaries in in male female friendships. I think the problem you're dealing with is not going to be solved by boundaries in male female friendships. No. It's going to be solved by communication. communication. Yep. Because communication boundaries need to come from communication. You can't establish boundaries without telling people. That's like putting up an electric fence and then not telling anyone it's there. <laughs> 
You know? Ah, why did why did I just get shocked? You crossed the boundary. <laughs> I didn't even. Fence. I didn't even know. There, I didn't even. I don't even know who you are. You're not. We never talked. You're not even my neighbor. <laughs> You're just someone that set up a fence around my house. Um, yeah. Step one: empowerment. Do the mirror thing. Step two: write it down. Everyone go do the mirror. Everyone thing. Everyone go right? do the mirror thing. Say I like him. <laughs> step two: you don't have a him. Just talk communication. About and step three: if communication doesn't work out, then move on. There's there's a, there's gonna be another guy. It's true. It's it's which is the worst advice to get, but it's the it is the truest thing that you'll ever hear. Yeah, and the sooner you get that through your noggin. What I have written, I have cage. written. Um, dang, Pat, that's another good episode. That's in the books, baby. That is in the books, and a lot of good things have happened this week. A lot more good things are gonna happen in the future. I finished my book. I didn't talk about that at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. What? Uh, how do we buy it? You can't. Okay. <laughs> so you finished. Let me get this straight. You you yeah. finished a book with no mm-hmm. way to publish it. Yes. Okay. No, no, no. I have ways to publish okay. it. Okay. I'm, ta- I'm talking to... We're, so I have a way to publish it independently. I'm working with someone to publish it independently. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. If you... Uh, if you're... I don't know. I... We don't. I don't. I don't want to gripe anymore about traditional publishing. Okay, it's not worth my. It's not worth our time. But yeah. So the, what you the should book do. Is finished this is a good, this is a good workaround. Is that you could serialize it in the newspapers, and that way everybody everybody <laughs> will read it. I can take out personal ads. Yeah. <laughs> that way everybody will um, get a chance to read what you've written. But I went to I went to um, Office Depot and I printed it out and I had it bound and it's like sitting on my desk and it's, it's that's, nice. That's pretty cool. It's a it's a cool little way to like. Did you have someone edit it, it before you do did that? No, I, I went I went through it myself. It's just a first draft. Mm. It's not supposed to be perfect. Well, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm. I think I know most books have an editor that's different. Yeah, than most the books have an editor, but then they get published. I don't have an editor because I'm not getting well, published. Well, I would say that you kind of <laughs> need an editor to get it published, and so my fee. Yeah, I know. I'm my fee it's is a hundred dollars a page. Yet, so is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can send it to you if you want. I would love to read it and then mark it to all hell and then send it back to you. But we've got we've I've got I I I've had a couple of really great phone calls recently. Um, a ton of really fun things are happening. Um, well, can you really Catholic match? Can you really trust those people? Which people? I mean, I feel like I feel like a shady uh, uncle trying to keep his nephew from signing with a major league sports team. Because he's not. You don't know what you know. You know what people I'm talking he's about. He's not getting a big enough slice of the pie. No, you've told me nothing. Oh yeah, we can yeah, talk after the show. I'm, I'll tell you things after the show. Yeah. Yeah. Great. As long as I get to be the uncle. Okay, you can be the uncle of my book. Thank you, Uncle Book. And don't worry, Crunch Bunch. I. It was really nice. Some one of our listeners uh, DM'd me on Instagram after I posted about the book, and they were like, "I would buy it like that." Spiral. Back. I've also heard that people so want nice. to buy our Crunch Bunch hoodies. You have? Oh yeah. Oh, yes, I knew the crunch bunch hoodies would work. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Put Let's it put it, it in order. <laughs> anyway, all right. I have nothing else. All right. Patreon.com slash the crunch if you want to pay money. Pat dot blog. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right in the middle of our Patreon ad. <laughs> you just say <laughs> patnevy.blog. Yeah, I did. All right. Patreon.com slash the crunch. Tell people about your uh tell people about your blog. Um, it's a, it's a blog. I post things there. Twitter.com Twitter. slash bro <laughs> Uh, 
I, I post I post things on the blog about living well, praying, and evangelizing. If you want to read my longer thoughts on things, uh, my thoughts that can't fit in a tweet, go to patnevy.blog. Thoughts that can't fit in a tweet or wait until we record. <laughs> yeah, this this topic was going to be a blog post. So. <laughs> I'm glad we got it all out. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter. It's going to go away at some point. Uh, I don't know when. I need to I need to make arrangements. I feel like I'm planning an estate, you know? Like I gotta. That's honestly what it's like. They, Twitter makes it so you can't just delete it. Yeah. You have to like slowly wean yourself off, and then the only person that I that I want to stay in contact with is Bruv. Just get his number. Do you think he has a phone? <laughs> <laughs> All of these people are real people. Okay. That live in England that's, for some reason. That's true. That's true. That's true. Anyway, um, that's all for the podcast. We love you very much. And uh, Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Always remember to um, floss. That's all I got. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.